You've got to look beyond the surface. And pedophiles depend on you not looking beyond the surface. This is why they put up such an impeccable surface. And they put out that, they, they exude this demeanor of, of gentle and calm. And because that's how they sneak up on you. Identifying. Let's go. You are about to experience the uncensored conversations, stimulating wit, and the thought-provoking wisdom. Bold, raw, and uncut. Right now, on the Landscurve Show. Welcome to another episode of the Landscurve Show. Today, I want to speak about pedophilia and why it's not just something of. Uh, what we think of that uh, dirty old twisted man who's trying to lure kids to a private area just to molest them and have sex with them or some type of sexual contact or anything sexual. It's more than that, if you ask me. It's a movement. Let's look at it as a movement because that's what's next up on bat. We had the LGBT movement push. Okay, that's that's done. Now, next is pedophilia right now I'm going to speak very direct I don't have much time I just want to get a point out because I have so many things racing through my head if I don't get it out I'm not going to forget it but what I want to say may be altered if I speak about it on a later date yesterday I was speaking to a buddy of mine on the bus and we were speaking about that he there was a passenger who got on and uh, after the passenger went down and sat down in the back he whispered to me he said hey man you know that's a pedophile right now, I don't know this particular gentleman personally, but I know him through my dealings on the bus. And this guy's always on drugs. He's, he's, he, he never wants to pay his money. You know, it's always a problem. And when I see him coming, it's like, oh, God. Now to find this out about him, that he's also that. Now, it may be hearsay. I didn't see him in, in the act. I, I don't know of his record. But the guy I talked to, I trust very much. And he grew up with this guy, not with him, but, you know, near him. So he knew and he had no reason to lie. And the way this guy goes on with all of the decadence in his life, I mean, what else? But, you know, pedophiles are not just people who look shady and, and, and act a certain way. My experience with pedophiles comes through my work in the jail and in prisons. And when I got to work in the jail, I was 38 years old. So I was a grown man and pretty much knew life. But to be that up close and personal with pedophiles was a real eye-opener for me, and I just want to share this with you. And these are things you already know, but I just want to really punctuate this point. When I was working in a particular area that was uh, protective custody, you know, I didn't know. I thought it was just, and it's not just pedophiles in protective custody. You may have uh, uh, an officer who got arrested, and he worked in that community. He worked in that county or that area, and they can't put him in with people that he may have arrested or, as a correction officer, looked over. Because there's going to be that resentment. There's going to be some flack. There's going to be a fight. There might be a beatdown because of the past. Um, so I'm thinking it's just a mixture of high-profile people, former law enforcement uh, officers, affluent people who may attract the attention of someone else who's an inmate there for money or favors, right? I didn't know predominantly that it, this particular jail that I worked in, that this particular area was full of pedophiles. So I'm just thinking protective custody. Now, in, in this area, which had three day rooms or dorms with two-man cells, about maybe, I'd say about 16 two-man cells, maybe 20, but there were three areas around me, and it was not bars, but it was glass. And this one 
Uh, two of them were, were one was a, a, a general population type situation. Another one was special management, the real rough guys, one to a cell, you know, come out one at a time type thing, go out for an hour for something, come back in and you're locked down. And when you go in, you better go in with two or three officers because they, they, these, these are the real deal. And next to them, that day room next to them uh, was basically protective custody, which I would say were 90% pedophiles. Now, when you sit back and look at these three areas, these three dorms, these open dorms, you can see in the general population dorm with general charges that there's a lot of activities. It's just a lot of stuff going on. With the special management, they're locked down most of the time, so there's nothing going on there except maybe an occasional banging on the door uh, from the actual cell because they're locked down 23 hours out of the day. Now, in uh, uh, with the protective custody, it was calm. It was it was friendly. It was it was to the point where you looked at these guys and you said, and this is before I knew that most of these guys were pedophiles, right? They were so polite. They looked to be trustworthy, even though I don't know, I can't explain what that look is, but the way they carried themselves made you relax and say, man, this is a nice guy. Why is he locked up in here? And again, this is before I realized that 90% of these guys were pedophiles, right? And in dealing with them, they would tap on the glass. Excuse me, officer. Um, if you would be so kind to allow me to have a slip, uh, I want to fill out a slip because I'm not feeling too good and I'd like to speak to the nurse. As opposed to the general population, like, boom, boom, boom. Yo, 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 CO, what's up, man? I need one of them. Um, um, Give me one of them one of them slips, man. I got a pain in my leg, man. I need to see this nurse now. Y'all are BSing, know what I'm saying? Different attitude, different vibe. But guess what? That loud, abrasive guy that was in general population sounding so much of a roughneck, that might have been his upbringing. This, I'm just speaking in general terms now. That's the guy that on first sight, you're like, I'm not going to have that guy around my kids. But that guy may not be like that. And he would never harm a hair on the child's head. And you'd be better off leaving your child with him in an emergency as opposed to that guy who was so kind and said, excuse me, officer, may I have that slip of paper that I can fill out the form and, you know, request the nurse's services. And you look at him and say, well, he's gentle. He's intelligent. He, he, he's polite. No, that man there is a pedophile. A pedophile. And you go and look at these guys' charges. And they've been doing this all their life. And that's part of the game. The game is to win your trust over. And so out in the outside world, when you see the roughneck dude, you're like, let me get away from him. Well, this roughneck dude might stick you up. He might beat you down if you cross him the wrong way. But you know what? He probably has kids and cares for them greatly. Right? It's just circumstances. You've got to look beyond the surface. And pedophiles depend on you not looking beyond the surface. This is why they put up such an impeccable surface and they put out that they, they exude this demeanor of, of gentle and calm and because that's how they sneak up on you. You ever play around with a cat and you're a little kid laying down and the cat goes real low and you see nothing but his eyes and he starts moving towards you slow and wiggles his butt and jumps on you? Well, that's what a pedophile does. He comes up on you slowly, like a snake, slowly. 
and gets close to you and he's within striking range, he'll get you. They'll take years to do what they do. Most pedophiles from what I've seen, and correct me if I'm wrong, because there's all types of situations out here, so it's not just one thing, but they're within close proximity to you. They can be family members. They could be an uncle. They could be a father. They could be a cousin. They could be somebody who's of a, a little younger, but still old enough that, you know, if you have a 12-year-old messing around with a 12-year-old, it's like, hey, you better stop that. You can't call the other 12-year-old a pedophile because he's 12, year old, 12 years old too. You're playing doctor. But if this dude is 18, 19, and you're 8, even if he's 15 and you're 8, I'm, look, that's underage, but you're too old for that. Look up. Go to the older women. Don't Look, bottom line is you got to be careful of who you have in your inner circle. You got to be careful of who takes their time over years to work their way into your inner circle. You, there's certain protocol that must be done with your children at all times, no matter who it is, barring an emergency. And when there's an emergency, you better have more than one person looking over your children because that will be the very time that they strike. They don't care. And people say, oh, being a pedophile is a sickness and you have to have sympathy. Well, see, that's what, how they're going to work this thing in. And I'm telling you, pedophilia, I'm not going to say 10 years from now, but I'm going to go on a limb and say for sure 20 years from now, they will be accepted by the laws and, and propped up and be protected so you can't discriminate against them or whatever. They're going to have some kind of protected status and they're going to be able to be moved about freely. We're talking about a demonic society or we're talking about someplace, a place that's evil, this world and the agendas that are going on. So go on and write me off as a crackpot. I'm going to put this video up and let 20 years go by and you tell me if I'm wrong. Whether I'm alive or not, you tell me if I'm wrong. Because so many things are being massaged in to the society that are not acceptable. Y'all know what I'm talking about, but we can't say anything about it. Well, pedophilia, just like with the baseball game, it's next at bat. The LGBT community hit a home run out the park. Thank you, Barack Obama. But pedophilia is coming and you better deal with it. And don't let these people slip in because a lot of these politicians, of course, the Catholic Church and a lot of the churches, religions, they're doing it already. It's nothing that, well, we don't have it out there. No, it's here. Pedophile, pedophiles are here to stay. And I'm going to give that story again. When I was hanging out in Manhattan, this had to be back in the 70s. and It was like four o'clock in the morning. And me and a couple of older buddies, because I always hung up with older people who had wisdom, you know, and they always didn't have wisdom. But, you know, I was a little older mentally than, than what I my, my chronological age led on to. And we're down in Times Square, the old Times Square, the Times Square that you saw when you looked at Taxi Driver with Robert De Niro, the old grimy Times Square, not this Disney foolishness that's all cleaned up. We used to go down there and hang out and look at the sights. We used to look at the women and look at the druggies, look at the things that were going on. And we were all big and strong. Nobody messed with us. You know, it was a big circus, you know, Manhattan back in the day. So we got out of this place. I think this was some kind of adult establishment that I had to paint my mustache on with a with an with a eyeliner pencil to get in, you know, because I was underage. But we were coming out. We were heading over to the car and I had to take a leak really bad. Right. So <laughs> it's illegal. Right. But that was way back then. I took a leak in this doorway. Nobody could see me. It was right there on 8th Avenue and 42nd street but 
a few doors off, and I'll tell you exactly which area. On 42nd and 8th, right, you have the north, south, east, and west. This was the northeast corner. Yes, the northeast corner diagonal from the Port Authority, okay? Diagonal, the, the diagonal corner from the Port Authority, about five doors up. There was this doorway. I took this leak, and I'm leaking. I'm like, oh, God, this feels so good to get out. I look at this little sign, and it said Nambla, N-A-M-B-L-A. I'm like, what the heck is Nambla? You know? And it stuck with me. And I was reading the Village Voice, which was really an alternative newspaper, which many newspapers that are alternative across the country now in the bigger cities have patterned their their style after the village voice but the village voice was the original right so you saw curse words and nudity it was a real gritty new york feel to it as opposed to the other ones that had to be politically correct right so i'm looking through the village voice and i see an article on nambla i'm like that's because i've always had that kind of brain to retain and a memory right i said that's that that's that that's that doorway that's that place let me see what this is all about and when I saw what Nambla meant, North American Man Boy Love Association, North American Man Boy Love Association, Man Boy Love? You mean like man boy, like maybe an uncle, like taking his nephew out, or a father, like he loves his son? No, nothing, nothing decent. North American. So that means there's other factions in the world. That's the North American chapter, right? North American Man Boy Love Association. Back in 1977, before the internet as we know it, these buggers were organized. So now we have the internet and they move under a cloaking device, right up under our noses. They're already here, y'all. They're already here. Pizzagate, they're already here. Rich doctors and lawyers going to the Philippines to have sex with kids. They can't do it here openly, but they can go to these other countries. These men who go to other countries without their wives. Oh, it's just a company thing. All the fellows from college, we get together every year and screw little boys and little girls, seven and eight years old, who are in these poor countries. It's here. And I'm going to start talking about that on a regular basis. And I want people to come forward with it. And I may make a whole section about people who have had to deal with this, how these pedophiles who are rich are protected and, and what's up with these celebrities and what's up with these affluent people going out of the country and adopting black children. What's up with that? You know, so they can have their own in-house whatever. I don't trust it at all. Children must be protected. We got to blow the whistle. We got to get our head up out of all this foolishness that's distracting us. And we got to really see what's going on. Those missing black girls in Washington. What's up with that? If it's not pedophilia, they're stealing the organs of our children. They are rounding them up and stealing the organs. And you know what? I've had enough people. I've done enough shows on both of these things. And for 2018, I'm going to amp it up even more and focus on these aspects. Because like I said, it is not a sickness. It's straight evil. Now, let me look at the uh, one of the definitions of pedophilia. Let me see now. Um, let's just go to the, make it official because you're going to have people turn it around and, and, and I'm going to go to Wikipedia. Pedophilia is a psychiatric disorder in which an adult or older adolescent experiences a primary or exclusive sexual attraction to prepubescent children. Although girls typically typically begin the process of puberty at age 10 or 11 and boys at age 11 or 12, criteria for pedophilia extend the cutoff point for prepubescence 
to age 13. A person who is diagnosed with pedophilia must be at least 16 years old and at least five years older than the prepubescent child for the attraction to be diagnosed as pedophilia. Pedophilia is termed uh, pedophilic disorder in the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, and the manual defines it as uh, paraphilia involving intense and recurrent sexual urges toward and fa fantasies about prepubescent children that have either been acted upon or which cause the person with the attraction distress or interpersonal difficulty. That's a damn lie. Let me say that again that have either been acted upon or which caused the person with the attraction distress or interpersonal difficulty. Distress or interpersonal difficulty? Then if you have distress about something or you have interpersonal difficulty about something, you're going to try to bring it out to take care of it. No, these buggers, they know good and damn well what they're doing. They have no distress. They have no interpersonal difficulty. They, they hold it in and they strike when they want to strike. They know they're like this. This is why they move in silence because they know. Like the little kid who goes up when grandma said, don't go to the top shelf and, and steal those cookies out the cookie jar. And that little kid waits for grandma to fall asleep and gets that ladder or that chair and takes their time and open up that cabinet and eat all the cookies out of the cookie jar. You know what you're doing. You, you didn't have any uh, distress or interpersonal difficulty to say, listen, grandma, I'm planning on doing this. So please handcuff me to the bed. No, there's no distress or interpersonal difficulty. The only distress or interpersonal difficulty that these guys have when I see that they're caught is the fact that they're so pissed off that they got caught. Other than that. This goes on years and years and years and years. And so many adults right now have to walk around with the pain of what has happened to them. And they're all messed up. And the sad part about it is when it comes to family members who these younger kids will go to, a lot of them act like they're making something up. And, and, and what are you trying to cause trouble for? And they shut them down. That's wrong. <laughs>